the culture you breed also impacts the clients and the people you attract to your business just as much as the employees you attract. But I've always said like when you build a culture for a company, right, it's for your employees. And if you build a healthy enough culture, they will take good care of your clients. But I've never thought about the culture that we breed also is the attraction point for like-minded people to come work with us. Welcome back to another episode of the Elite Business Advice Podcast. My name is Chris Moore. I'm the founder of Elite Business Advisors and your host here for the podcast. We've got a super fun episode planned out today, uh, one that's definitely going to be probably a little bit vulnerable on my part in some areas, uh, but it's really kind of an exciting step in our growth journey as a company here. We're into episode probably 110-ish. I didn't look that up before recording this, uh, and it's really exciting to be doing this uh, with one of our newest advisors, uh, Jess Stevenson. Uh, earlier this year, we, we hired Jess on uh, probably about end of April, early May, uh, and they tended to be a soon-to-be full-time advisor. She's been wor- working with us all summer, kind of in a part-time role, growing into a full-time role as we continue to grow here as a company. Uh, and she comes from a very unique background. She started out with Sherwin-Williams uh, and worked with them for a handful of years. She's had her own cabinet refinishing business. Uh, she lives in North Carolina, just outside of Asheville. And kind of transitioning life into working full time here with us. She's been a huge blessing to us. Uh, and so this episode's not just surrounded around who is Jess and like interviewing her, um, but I want to kind of share some of her experiences that she's had um, and kind of see some unique ways that that I feel like could be beneficial to you listening to this. Um, but also, I want to talk a little bit about, and this was actually her idea, so I can't even steal the credit for it, um, a little bit about hiring an admin person. She's helped us with a ton of admin stuff here the last few months um, as she's kind of been training and getting onboarded with us and, and getting going with a lot of her own clients. Uh, she's been a huge blessing in that. And that was something I had to figure out, like, what do you need in an admin person? So I want her to share her perspective on that, um, as well as hiring kind of higher level leadership positions, right? Uh, I want her to kind of share her side of the coin on that, um, kind of some experiences. So for those of you guys listening to this that might be looking for an admin person, might be looking to hire uh, your first salaried, you know, leadership position, right? Like hopefully we can kind of give you some insight just in what we've went through the last four to six months. That's where I said this might be a little bit vulnerable on on my part, but I gave her 100% permission to be transparent and truthful here. Uh, as you know, I always am. So, uh, so we just thought we'd do an episode about it, kind of talking through those things uh, and what we've learned working together here the last few months uh, in some of these positions to hopefully help you in your business. So I hope it helps. Thanks for plugging in. This is the Elite Business Advice Podcast. Jess, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here. Thanks. It's exciting to be here on this side. I'm always listening. I know. In, so. I know, right? I know. Uh, that was part of your training was like, go back and listen to all 100 episodes we'd pumped out. So yeah, exactly. um, no, tell everybody about yourself here just in 30-ish seconds or less. Yeah, um, I'm Jess. I have started, I've been in the paint business for about six, seven years now. Started out with Sharon Williams, like you said. Um, moved out to North Carolina. I live on a farm and I have my own um, cabinet refinishing business now. And yeah, really excited wow. to, you know, work more and more with Chris and in this new role. And figuring out what that means for my business too. Yeah, that's awesome. I know we could, we'll probably do a whole episode on, on the, uh, um, what do I want to say? The experiment you're going through in your cabinet yeah. finishing business right now. So, um, no, it's awesome. So share a little bit about your background with Sherwin, uh, and kind of how that set you up to start your own painting business there, um, in the Asheville area. 
Yeah. So I actually started with Sherwood out in Arizona and I went into Sherwin Williams actually looking for paint. And I found this girl there who was, you know, looked like my age and well-dressed. And I'm like, how did you get this job? You know? And she told me about the management training program. And I was just working at a coffee shop at the time and decided to jump in. And um, Sharon Williams has like a really good, robust training program. I think a lot of people don't realize. And they train you on running your own business. You look at P&Ls every month. You kind of run the store as if it was your own store. So that really helped me kind of get my um, gears turning on you know future pursuits. I always have a had an entrepreneurial mindset. So I always knew that I'd probably own my own business, start that up. Um, Wasn't sure if it was going to be in the paint industry. Um, But yeah, and also like learning about the different paint problems and, you know, having contractors come in and seeing, you know, all the weird stuff that will go on with paint, like allergating and, you know, weird drips and all kinds of stuff. So that was fun. Um, And Uh, the reps also kind of like, you know, when you're a management training, you get to ride around with the reps. And so seeing like the painter going on to job sites and seeing what the contractors go through and kind of, um, the problems that they go through and what they need has, you know, really helped me kind of see things from their side. So I feel like I got a really good experience, like running the business side, like the paint and the paint problems and, you know, all of the paint knowledge with, you know, the contractor side. That's awesome. That's cool. So how do you feel like your perspective from Sherwin and what you just mentioned, visiting job sites, getting to know contractors, seeing their pain points, how do you feel like that has kind of helped you here with our business so far as you've had your own set of clients you're working with and coaching people and um, just offering that insight? Yeah, I think from all of that, it just really gave me a holistic view of everything. And especially like the financials and going through the profit and loss sheets. And I mean, we have so many different reports that we would go through. And um, back then I was just like, wow, this blowing my mind because I'm not a numbers person at all. Um, And yeah, that really helped me. And my managers, um, shout out to Andy and Isaac. (laughs) They were always like, such good mentors and would, you know, sit down with me and kind of go through all of this. And um, yeah. Um, and also like witnessing the contractors talk about their problems, you know, pricing came up a lot. And that was always interesting to me um, why they would always be complaining about pricing. And it kind of showed, you know, a lack of knowledge of running their own business. And, you know, Sherwin like really taught us how to, you know, the financial side, but the contractors seem to not really know a lot of that. They might've gotten into it just, you know, with their skills and um, just being a painter. So that, that was interesting to try to like convince contractors that pricing is not the problem. And, yep. you know, uh, there might be, you know, other things of like how they're running their business and how they're charging and helping them walk through that really, you know, um, translates to being an advisor here with the lead yeah. business. 
That's awesome. So I think um, I think I'm just going to instead of sending you to the Women in Paint event, I think I'm just going to have you go to Green Bay and do the manager and rep <laughs> training that I'm going to do up there. Yeah, uh, with that district, uh, that would be fantastic. Yeah, um, right. No, I mean that's a lot of the stuff where I'm going to cover that day. Right, is just understanding really what goes on with a painting contractor. How do you handle those situations? Right, like what you just said, the price objection isn't. It's never about the paint price. It's about a hundred other factors that they think that's the easy out, right? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, because they can go down the street to PPG or wherever and see if they can get a better price on, you know, whatever. Um, it's never the issue. So I appreciate that you brought that up. You know, I think another thing with Sherwin is I love I love the partnership and relationship we have with with Sherwin as a company, right? Um, I've been a Sherwin. We use Sherwin for all 10 plus years. I was in the painting industry. Like we've always had a great relationship with them and obviously transitioning into this business now. And they really are backing up that education piece, right? Um, they've got Nick Slavic traveling all over the US and Canada doing master's classes. They, I've been doing that for the last year and a half with our business 360 workshops. Uh, I know we've had a few other speakers from the PCA going to Sherwin events and just trying to work on education. And it's cool to partner with the company like Sherwin that understands and sees the value in that, right? And so I think that, like you said, that from their management training program, and now they see the benefit to educating the business owners on how to be better business owners, right? How to understand things from a different perspective. So, um, yeah. so what benefits, so you've had your cabinet refinishing business, like what benefits do you think that has had for you coming into the role as an advisor here to have that actual understanding of what it's like to run a painting business? Like how have you seen that to be a benefit um, for, for you and easing into the role, but also for your clients. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that was hard when I worked at Sheridan Williams was kind of getting a hold of the contractors and trying to get them to the events. And yeah. now having my own business, I kind of understand that contractor prison that we all talk about and yeah. getting out of that. And so it really helped me empathize with them and understand their needs more and have concrete experience and what it's like, you know, having to stop what you're doing and go off and get paint. And, um, you know, just, just, I think, yeah, the biggest thing is empathizing with them, um, and having that experience and also, yeah, putting into concrete knowledge of all the things that I've learned, you know, book knowledge into actual, um, getting to experiment with it with my hands. Um, that was really helpful and, and seeing, you know, how actual paint goes up on walls. And because I, before I started my, um, cabinet refinishing business, I was doing interior painting, exterior painting here and there, just kind of handyman type work. Um, so, yeah, I think that all translates well. And, you know, when I, when I talk to my clients, I know what it feels like now they're, you know, they're telling me like, oh, I'm sorry. Like I have to, I have to take this call. It's an estimate. You know, I know what it's like to be in that stressful place when it's just all on you and, um, no one else is you're, you know, you're the project manager, you're the estimator, you're the production person, you know, so helping them get through that and then also like building up my own systems and getting excited about that and what it feels like to have the excitement of building your own business and the success the success you feel when you build a you know a good estimating system and um, have some 
automated, you know, emails in there and and things like that and how much weight that can take off your shoulders. So now, I mean, I think it's one of the biggest things that I've found to even just being in the same shoes as you, right? Having a painting company and being in the industry for so long, uh, not having the Sherwin side of it, but the actual, you know, business owner side of it yeah. um, is just, again, it's that understanding, right? Like there's definitely a lot of things that I've shared from when I had my painting company, but there's also been a lot of things that I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to be truthful and tell you the way that I used to do it, but I'm going to also tell you the way that I would do it now, knowing what I know yes. with five to six to seven years of extra knowledge topped on, you know, packed onto it. Right. Um, that's one thing I love about working with painting contractors pretty exclusively. You know, that makes up about 95% of our clients at this point is, you know, we, we talk to clients all over the U S and Canada, right? We get insight from everybody about how everybody handles and does things differently. And we get to share that with their clients and you know? mm-hmm. I think having that firsthand experience mixed with that, I think it just, it, it's a win-win for everybody, especially the clients we have that, that we work with. So, uh, let's talk a little bit about hiring a leadership level person. Um, I might regret asking these questions. You will not get fired. You will not be let go. I promise. Um, we'll make it. We'll make it fun. Uh, just say it all with a smile, so it doesn't sting as bad. Now, um, from your perspective as a new employee in a company, right? You are the first person we've really truly hired. Uh, you know, we've partnered with Crystal to handle bookkeeping and payroll. Um, we've had a couple of advisors work with us just part time to work with one or two clients, right? But you are really kind of the first person we've hired that that it, the goal is to you know be full time in a very short time with you. Um, what are some things that you've learned that you feel like companies should know um, or do to set these positions up for success, whether it's from day one, um, systems to have in place, anything as far as that goes? Yeah, I think. Besides the obvious of like having a clearly laid out job description and a vision for the job, um, I would say be prepared to be a coach to these people and be prepared to coach them up. Everybody's going to have their own strengths and weaknesses and, you know, nobody's a robot. So being able to be flexible and kind of find what their strengths are and play up those strengths and knowing how to coach up the weaknesses and knowing where you can coach up and where maybe, you know, that's just that person. And, you know, maybe there's another gap that you can fill with somebody else. So, um, not just saying this because you know I'm you're right you're in front good. of me, but I, I think that um, you've done an excellent job of that because you have a natural ability to coach people, and I think that was something that has and continuously have been valuable for me. Is that I feel the open communication too is yeah. really important, but like feeling like I can tell you, you know, hey, I'm feeling, you know not as strong in this area. What should I do? You know, and we have weekly meetings every Monday, which has been, I think that's really key having a good communication system. So we use Trello, um, but there's other systems out there. Um, and yeah, just that open dialogue back and forth. That's awesome. You know, I'm a words of affirmation person. So (laughs) thanks for all that. Uh, no, you know, I mean, it's, you know, I'll share from my perspective as the entrepreneur too, like I had no clue how to jump into that. Like I did with a painting company for years, right? right? Yeah. And hiring a painter still requires systems. It still requires job descriptions. It still requires a lot of thought 
in leadership and coaching and like everything through it, right? But hiring somebody in a role for this, um, hiring any type of a level, you know, leadership level um, position, it takes a lot of figuring it out, right? Yeah. And that was one thing that I remember the first meeting we had um, after you had reached out and said like, hey, I'm very interested. I know you guys are hiring. And um, and I told you, I was like, I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, I, I don't, like there's, this is not a set thing that you are walking into, right? Like I don't have a system and an onboarding process and a lot of the stuff in place. Like we kind of have to figure it out together, right? And I'm so appreciative that you were open to that, right? That you were up for the challenge. And I think that's why we've had such great two-way communication. I mean, the weekly meetings have been great for us as a company to talk about, obviously to discuss your clients and stuff too, as you're getting into, you know, that phase of, of working with us now. Um, but just having that open communication, right. And figuring out like, mm -hmm. Hey, how can we do this better? Right. And I think that's why it has worked so well with us the last yeah. five months is we're always changing and adapting and finding new ways to do things. Right. Um, and I think that's a big piece of it. I, I see a lot of people wait until they feel like they've got everything figured out to hire somebody. And I believe it's the same thing as parenting um, or having kids. Like you're never going to be at a spot where you're ready for it, right? Yep. You're going to be as far as you can and prepared as you can. And then you're going to jump into it. And you're just going to figure it all out, right? And half of what you thought was going to happen isn't going to work. And the things you thought were going to work aren't going to work. Like it just, you know, that's how it is. So yeah. um, I think that was a big thing, you know, with us. And I think as people look into hiring production managers, estimators, we'll talk about admin stuff here in a second, but even in that role, you kind of just got to do it and work through it, right? And then once you have the positions created, then if you ever need to hire another person or you need to replace that person for some reason, then you kind of have an established position together to let people slide into, right? Um, and so you've been a great guinea pig for lack of a better term. Um, I'm just going with the farm theme. I'm going with the farm <laughs> theme here. Um, but no, I mean, I, I do appreciate you. Cause again, I think that's why we've made it work is we have that communication. And, and I told you from day one, like find better ways that we can do stuff, right? Like I know how we are running things is not the best way to do it. It's worked. It's got us to this point, but as mm -hmm. we look to hire a third advisor here soon, um, hopefully like what we've been doing eventually is going to break. Like I'm well aware of that. So we need to kind of figure that out together. So um, anything else you want to throw in or add there? No, I think I, what I was just going to add is that being willing to ask the new people coming in, what do you see that we need to change? That's been so freeing for me. And, you know, for the right person like that, this flexibility is going to be feel amazing. So for me coming in, I'm like, oh, I can be, I can bring myself in and I'm valued for what I can bring to the table but I also see what I, you know, where I need to train up and like what I need to improve. But it's like this two way street and like you being vulnerable enough to be, you know, ask me like, hey, where, where can we improve? What's your ideas? You know, what, what can we do? So that's been, yeah, yeah that's key too. Well, I appreciate that. Um, so on the other side of it too, you, like I mentioned earlier, you've been helping out with a lot of kind of admin work, right? That was kind of one thing we talked about was bridging the gap as you were training initially with us. Um, and then, you know, kind of bridging the gap to get to closer to full-time employment sooner. Um, and so we kind of get to a full-time client load for you, um, which I'm dreading the day. I'm, ex I'm so excited for that for both of us, but I'm also dreading the day that like, you're like, Hey, I don't have time for your admin stuff anymore. Cause I have all of the clients that you wanted me to take on. Um, <laughs> But you've been a huge help with that. Uh, and so what are some things 
that you've learned, again, I'll, I'll share kind of a similar thing, um, about just hiring and implementing an admin role into a business from your perspective or just obviously from business owner perspective as well? Yeah, I, honestly, similar things um, where you need to be flexible and there's so many facets of admin work. So bringing right. in an admin and finding, you know, what they're good at. It might be Canva. It might be, you know, copywriting. It might be answering phones or community or community, um, customer service. So figuring out what you want first and then finding that person, but also still being able to be flexible with it and knowing that, you know, a lot of what we hear from our clients is, I don't know if I can hire somebody for 20 hours a week or 10 hours a week or who would want to only work that many hours or that little amount of hours. And there are people out there that are looking for, you know, it might be a stay-at-home mom or, you know, somebody who also has already online work and they're a freelancer and they want someone to fill in the gaps more. Um, or I mean a position to fill in the gaps just a few hours here and there. It can be done and don't let your own limiting beliefs um, you know, set you back on that. But yeah, same thing. Play off their strengths, be flexible, have a good communication system um, where, you know, all your tasks are out there. Start brainstorming what, you know, these admin, what you need them to do and um, be ready to pivot. Yeah, that's awesome. And I know we've worked through a couple clients already like helping through that, right? So it was kind of nice that we were able to take our experience and be like, hey, here's what we've already learned. And here's kind of the process we went about. Again, this is what we would do differently. And here's what you should have in place. Uh, but at the end of the day, yeah, you're going to have to be flexible and pivot as needed. Um, I love what you just said about that. Like you're going to find people that will fit what you're looking for. 110%. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think it is important. Like, what is it that you need help with? Right. Um, do you need help with answering phone calls and scheduling appointments and doing that side of the business? Do you need help with invoicing and like, you know, certain things like that? Is it scheduling projects? Is it all of this? Right. Um, and obviously it can be one thing that grows into another and, and whether that's with that same person or you have one person that handles this and then somebody else you have to hire for other things. I mean, obviously a lot of that changes, right? Um, especially if you need somebody in the office and, you know, answering calls, different things. But yeah. You know, I, I love what you just said about the communication piece. I think, you know, step one is what do you need help with? What do you need to take off your plate? Right. Like as you is most of the time people are looking at that. It's I am maxed out right now. I need help with offloading some things. Right. And I always say make a list. What are the easy things that I don't want to say aren't worth your time, but truly aren't worth your time to be doing um, and that you could outsource at 80 to 90 percent of how good you can do something. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and get those off your plate. Right. That's where you can start to utilize strengths and weaknesses. What are you really good at? Well, probably shouldn't offload that if you can avoid it. Right. Uh, and so just thinking through that. And then, like you said, having the communication system, um, we've used Trello. That's worked really well so far. Um, again, that may not be the long term solution, but it's a great short term solution for us in the meantime. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I would definitely check that out, but I think just having some of those things and having a good understanding of what it is you need, uh, and know those people are out there. So yeah, yeah you pretty much stole all my answers. So this is, this is super <laughs> cool. Um, no, it's good because otherwise this would be a four hour long episode. So the listeners are like, thank God they're on the same page about this. Um, and it probably helps. I'm sure we've had all these conversations too. So, um, 
Well, I don't want to make this too lengthy, but I do have one more question I want to hit on for you. Um, so you've shared a few times recently about just kind of the culture that we're building here at Elite Business Advisors. And I've heard you mention this to me in passing. Uh, I know you mentioned it yesterday uh, as we were talking to the the advisor we're looking to potentially hire here soon um, as a third third one of us. I don't know if that's good English or not, but um, <laughs> but why do you feel that it's important um, for us to have a healthy culture, but obviously all businesses. Uh, and what do you believe makes a healthy culture when it comes down to that? Your culture is like your brand. It's part of your brand and it's what people sense when they see you, they're interacting with you. And especially when somebody's looking at a coaching advisor, you want to know what kind of person they are and that that's like what what do they give off and everybody has an intuition around it and um you're going to attract the people that you know with the type of culture and personality and values you're you're leading with your company so it's important because um you're going to have you want to attract the right people and what makes a good culture is figuring out your values and sticking by them and actually backing up your values with what you do and your with your actions and authenticity is key and that's going to look different for everybody and what's authentic to everybody but um yeah i think that's something that really attracted me to elite business advisors is that it just felt like the right fit. I could tell that Chris was a really authentic and um, authentic person. And um, yeah, I think the people that he's bringing in, his clients, the advisors, everybody has the same similar values and you you feel that. No, that's good. And you know, you said something yesterday when we were talking to Andrew, um, and it it made me hit on what you just said. And it's something I'm going to be truthful. I'd never really thought about it from that perspective, but it is the culture you breed. It, I'm not saying these were your exact words, but the culture you breed also impacts the clients and the people you attract to your business just as much as the employees you attract, right? And I love how you just said that because it's something I've never thought about. I've always said like when you build a culture for a company, right, it's for your employees. And if you build a healthy enough culture, they will take good care of your clients, right? Or whatever Mm -hmm. business it is that you're in. I've always felt that, but I've never thought about the culture that we breed also is the attraction point for like-minded people to come work with us, right? And when you said that yesterday, uh, again, probably in a much more eloquent way than what I just said, um, it like kind of hit me and I was like, you know, there's a lot of truth in that. Like, and I think that's one thing for me that I, I love about what we do is I love the clients that we have, um, 95% of them. Um, so now they're all going to wonder if they're part of the 5% or not, but no, I'm kidding. Um, th- but I do love it. And it's because we attract people that are very similar to us, right. That have the same values in life. And, you know, and that's, you know, we want to continue to have that culture of, you know, we're here to help everybody, but we want people to have a work-life balance. We want people to, you know, put their family first when they need to, right? And all the different things and our advising is going to match that. You know, I love the one thing that we we worked on and you created um, was, you know, like our advising philosophies. Like, hey, here's the five things that we're going to use that are kind of like our Bible for your business, if you will, right? Like mm-hmm. these are our kind of core advising philosophies around your business, Um 
And if you wonder what they are, you got to become a client to find out. So, um, but you know, I mean, just that's what we believe in. That's what we're going to give you advice around. And if it doesn't line up, that's fine. We can tailor it. Um, or we may not be the best fit, right? If you're wanting mm-hmm. somebody that's going to be immoral and break all the laws and make you a quadruple millionaire, then I don't know that we're the company for that, right? But if you want to build a good business and give you a good work-life balance and, you know, help be an influence and impact to people, employees, and your customers, then we're the right fit for you, right? So um, so I love that you've mentioned that. And I think culture is such an important, important piece of any business on both sides of it for customers and employees. Yeah. And I noticed that in my cabinet refinishing business too. As I got better and started branding my business more and um, had better communication, it I started attracting better clients, you know, clients yeah. who weren't as flaky, clients who were more laid back, who were, but in a good way, you know, just yeah. like, yeah, we trust you, you know, they like, they already perceived that I was a trustworthy professional company by the way that I was communicating with them and my branding and um, just what I was, the energy that I was giving off, I guess. Um, and when I kind of falter as a person and my, I might be a little bit off balance from my core, you know, authentic self, it shows up in the clients. It's, you know, it's very odd, you know, things start kind yep. of spinning out of control a little bit, you know, so there's, you know, a little bit of um, miscommunication in different places. So it is very yeah. interesting to watch that happen. Yeah. It's a I'll good reminder and feedback. It is. It is right. I'll share this as we kind of wrap up here. Um, we had a realtor that we worked with um, whenever I had my painting company, and um, she's a great person. Liked her a lot. Um, she was a little bit scatterbrained and unorganized as a realtor. Uh, I'm not going to mention names here. I don't know that she'll listen to this, but just in case, because um, she was a great person and we had a great relationship. But like, she was kind of a little bit all over the place, and I think it was just because she had so many clients. She was trying to help so many people that it was just hard. She didn't have the right systems and other people in place. And what I started noticing was all of the clients of hers that we worked with were the exact same way, right? There would be random problems. There'd be Mm. miscommunications. There would be like all these little things. And like there was that kind of pattern in it. We had to kind of make some tough business decisions, right? We wanted to continue serving and trying to help. But also at the same time, it always created more problems than solutions it provided for us, right? And as we got busier in certain things, it's like we a lot of times, you know, we were booked eight weeks out. We couldn't meet a demand next week, right? Um, And so it kind of naturally seemed to solve itself a little bit. Mm -hmm. But it is. It is true. And I think it's something for everybody listening to this. You have to think about the referral partners and the clients that you're around and who they're clients may be right um and think about that so i think that's a a good point of view the law of attraction uh by john maxwell that's a real thing right one of his 21 21 irrefutable laws to leadership so um well jess i appreciate you taking some time this is going to be the first of many 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 episodes uh that i'm sure we'll be doing together Uh, i wanted to kind of do an introduction for you uh and then obviously kind of share some of your experiences so i look forward to doing more things down the road, more topics, a lot of good discussions. I know there's been a lot of times on our Monday meetings, I was like, man, I wish I would have just pressed record here on Zoom and just been like, all right, well, this week's podcast is done. Um, So (laughs) I'm excited to dive into that a little bit more. Uh, Thanks for everything you've done for us, for our clients. You've been a huge blessing to us. We're Mm. excited to have you as part of the family now and moving forward um, and uh, look forward to doing more. 
Thanks. Absolutely. So glad. So excited to be on here. And thanks for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you have questions from today's episode or would like more information on how we help our clients, visit us online at www.elitebusinessadvising.com to schedule a free business analysis meeting. If you're a painting contractor, be sure and check out our Elite Business Academy on there too. We have a systematized program designed to help you treat your business like a business. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you automatically get the newest episode every Tuesday morning. And lastly, my ask of you is if you found that our podcast to be beneficial, we'd love to hear from you by giving us a rating and a review on whatever platform you're listening on. This will organically help us reach other business owners all over North America to help them in their business. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day.